Well, welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the podcast that comes at you from Eastlake Tri-Cities over in the now wonderfully temperate. Yes. This is the summer you've been waiting for all year long, Margo. This is like the weather where you're like, I could wear a long sleeve shirt, but I could also wear shorts. I could do both of these things. Which for my mom that's probably listening to this over in my home area of New Hampshire and is checking the temperature, scratching her head because it still says like 88 degrees. Uh, I'm chilly. Like if it drops below 80, I'm like, ooh, I better go get a jacket. I brought a jacket to church yesterday because I was like, "Ah, I got to put out signs in the morning. I don't want to. I don't want to be cold." It was like seventy-eight. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: there is no humidity, so it really is quite yes, lovely. Yes, it and is I, wonderful. Right I, now, before this, I just could not conceive of over eighty degrees without humidity, so I didn't want to go anywhere near with the stick. Yeah. But now that I've experienced it, it is pretty great. In the auditorium, no air conditioning, but it felt like we had it yesterday. It was great. It was wonderful. Uh, you're you're not as convinced. She's giving me this look like, yeah, still pretty warm. <laughs> you're on stage, <laughs> it was though. All right. Margo sang yesterday, guys, and played. In fact, she was our our ultra hero uh, because uh, we had some issues. Uh, you if probably... you think we have it all together, skip forward oh, the next my gosh. two minutes. Yeah, yeah, missed this last part because uh, we play the, the band plays with these things called backing tracks, which are basically like kind of help, kind of keep the rhythm for some things. They play in their ears, and you probably don't notice it as much unless you're like you look up on stage and you're like. It sounds like a full band, but there's only two people up on stage. So what's going on here? I so hear a cello, just like, and I don't see a cello <laughs> on no stage. Cello. Whatever. It's mostly just synth, and then in our ears is like the metronome, like the yeah, and it'll be like chorus one, two, three, four. So, anyways, that like all the sudden, like it's a whole system of things, and for some reason, it went kaput yesterday. It's like a string of bad Christmas tree lights. When one thing, like when one bulb goes out, the whole thing goes down. Andrew's on vacation. Uh, so there's nobody that, you know, back there that has that like familiarity with it. And so it's just like this, everybody's up on stage going, what do we do? And I don't have an instrument, so I can't just be like, screw it. Right. Play on play. <laughs> so anyways, they, they made it, they waited through the first part. And then, uh, for a communion song, we didn't want to try and risk it and say, well, let's, you know. Also the guy that played that. guitar had to leave for work. So it was either, he's like, oh, I could play like an MP3. And I was like, no. So Margo picked up a guitar and played and Ripped sang. off my fingernails. <laughs> True story. <laughs> <laughs> the sacrifice. Oh, look, she's holding it up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what a just laying it all out there for the kingdom, Margo. Look at you. Were you practicing like in between services that, uh, or, like, while I'm talking, were you in the office? Like, I ran back and just like I knew that the song was easy, but I just like wanted to solidify. So I just did like the verse once, the chorus once, the bridge once. And I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, do you notice that your singing voice is different than your talking voice? Because you're yeah. singing and you have like this folksy indie like really cool voice, it's awesome. And then like it, like at the very end it, of the song, you went, "Let's sing that one more time" or something like that. And it was like, "Who is that? Wait a second, <laughs> that felt very different." Yeah, I have like a very kind of like those like Australian and English people who sing, and when they sing, they sound very like non yeah no accent non regional. I guess this is what you call yeah. it non regional diction. And then in between, they'll be like, "All right, let's sing that one more time." Let's do this one. You know, and you're like, what? <laughs> Come on. Which one are you? You're playing these head games with me. Both. It felt a little bit like that. It was great, though. You did awesome. So <laughs> kudos to that. And uh, yeah, it was good. We had a fun fun Sunday. We had an exciting Sunday because we uh, we forgot to set up the, the baptismal tank and, until about 8.30. Service starts well, at 9.30. This, this is all goes to show how beloved and important Andrew is in our lives because Andrew is the guy that 
that makes the magic happen. He is the man behind the yes, curtain. And he is. when when we forget that, you know, he's he taking a well deserved vacation. Yes. And the moment he does, it just all falls apart for us. We just forget all the things that he does. And now we'll be outside his door crying and gnashing <laughs> our teeth and begging <laughs> him to come back. <laughs> so we're setting up the tank half an hour before service starts with we're trying That's a to lot put of water in hot water. <laughs> That's a lot of water. Emptied our hot water tank. Water's probably chilly. Poor faith. Had to go through with a semi-chilled baptism. All that exciting stuff. If it ever looks like we have our stuff together on Sunday mornings, we promise you, we are very good at hiding it. You are too. Come on. Everybody's good at that. Everybody comes over your house and you're like, yeah, this looks great. And you're like, everything's in the closet. Don't open the door. <laughs> It'll all fall out. How was your week, Margo? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. I heard uh, you got an invite to a very exclusive club It this was. Week. I felt like it should have been black tie. Like, I felt very... <laughs> I felt I very important. In fact, it was one of those things where I'm like, I feel so important that I don't want to post about social media on this yeah. because it's so exclusive. No, don't want people to know. Like I do, but I want to like let them find out about it. So tell us a little bit more. Give us a little insight. So f- since we arrived to the Tri-Cities pretty much, we we made friends with some East Lakers, cool guys. And uh, they, I heard whispers in the winds that they were all playing Dungeons and Dragons together. And I was like, you know what? My parents weren't religious, but I just didn't know anyone that did that. And like, I love fantasy and all that, like board games. And I know I'm missing out. And then Stranger Things just kind of like. And it's a very collaborative game, right? Like, I don't know much about it, but I do know that when you get together, you're like, you're all together working towards something. It's a very, uh, it's a big deal. And so, and I I don't think they're they're not telling people because they're like, we don't want people to know that we play Dungeons and Dragons. You want consistency because you're building a story. That's it. And so it's like when you're invited into this thing, Ooh. it's it's a big deal. You and Matt both got an invite. We did. I thought it was just for Matt, but no, they extended they extended the uh, invitation to me, and I was fangirling and got excited. <laughs> we picked our character, and Matt picked someone exactly like Matt. Yeah, and I just shake my head at that because if you don't know my husband, he's you know six foot five and like three and a half feet wide. <laughs> like he's just a big brawny guy. Yeah, and of course he picks the big brawny barbarian character so we gave him a hard timing like you can be anyone you could be like nimble and be like who you want to be and he's like i'll take big hulk over there and the whole time he <laughs> talked in like you know one word sentences and then his like caveman accent became a russian accent so by the end he's like you'll give me jewel <laughs> Just like, would you care to share his, share his name that no he chose? i can't share his name if you want to ask him in person he'll brag about it but let's just say it was not PG and it wasn't even like in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons like they would like they have a whole list of names being like from this lineage of the stone people you could be one of 25 names and he's like nah I'm gonna do something super inappropriate because I want the dungeon master aka Scott (laughs) to have to say that every 10 minutes that's awesome (laughs) it was fun it was a really good time I never played before yeah so it was really it was easy to pick up uh, parts of it I still don't understand. I probably want to watch some videos just to, because there's, I thought it was, you only use the 20 sided dice. Yeah. But apparently there's, there's, I had like 14 dice just for me. Wow. So that's the part that got confusing is like 
like we had a person that was like a priest type character and if they bless the party then you'd get to roll with an extra three-sided die and so you do your 20 plus the three and then certain certain circumstances you only use a regular dice and certain ones you use two regular like so it's just that part is figuring like I need to figure out the dice part. Apart from that, it was really fun. I enjoyed it more. So that's than I why they I sell dice, so many dice at Avengers yes. Underground. Because you walk in there, and you're like, and you don't want to share. It's just a pain who in the. Needs a fifty sided dice. And you know Scott, what I mean? like our our dungeon master, yeah. he had like these metal gold ones oh, that he'd like roll on this velvet box. Like it, it felt very official. Is he against you or is he with you? He is. Like, he's creating, obviously, conflict, because you don't want it to be, like, the entire time we're just prancing through the merry woods kind of thing. Yeah. So he's creating possible scenarios. But this is the thing that's super impressive to me, is, like, I don't think I could ever be a dungeon master, at least definitely this this new to it. So uh, it started out, we woke up in this boat, we were trying to take cargo across the lake, and we woke up to, like, water around our ankles and orcs were loading the cargo into these rowboats and like stealing the cargo so we could like swim to shore and hide or we could attack them and then at that point like we go back to the port that we sailed from and we could totally say we're not going to go after the orcs we're gonna go and then he has to adjust his storyline yeah and create a whole new set of enemies and circumstances so as much as we are at his mercy he's also from a creative storytelling point at our mercy, because we could totally do the opposite of what he anticipates us doing. And he could have, I don't know how much work he, like I'm sure he spends time creating these avenues and we could totally just be like, nah, nah I'm I, good. I don't feel See, like. See, that's what I would totally do. I'm so anti-conflict. I'd be like, ah, let the orcs have it. And that's the thing that's kind of confusing is you guys don't all have to collectively agree together. Like there's points where like one character be like, nah, I'm going to the bar and I'm going to, and like we are all doing something else. And he just has to do both storylines. And then if we ask him a question, he has a die that he rolls essentially evens or odds for a yes or no. So, so like he doesn't have every single detail planned out. So he'd be like, does the captain's body have a key on it? But shrugs and then rolls a die. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or shrugs and rolls a die. Yes. <laughs> right off that part of the story. So uh, like stuff like that. Crazy. I thought it was very interesting. So I've seen people uh playing it obviously. Uh they even were playing at Barnes and Noble the other day. There's like a huge crew of them. Uh and we've got uh, a, a new kid in the church, a high school kid who is starting a new community group on it in the area. So it's brand new. You guys can learn together. Yeah. Find it on our community market. So cuz you're not going to get the invite to Scots probably. <laughs> Probably so, not. So, I mean, unless you play your cards right or dice right or whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> uh, but Evan is starting another one, too. So if you're out there listening. Uh, so we had an interesting weekend because we, uh, Kylie and I decided to start uh, based on your recommendation, Margo. I know this is not going to go a anywhere A new show good. called Castle Rock on Hulu, which is a horror. It's uh, not, not, it's not, I wouldn't classify it as horror. It's suspense. It's, yeah. It's, it's suspense. It's a, it's a creepy, like that's it's not how I suspenseful. described it. It's Shawshank Prison uh, and... Is it Maine? Is that where it is? Yeah, it's always in Maine. Yeah, okay. And it's uh, Stephen King's an executive producer, as is J.J. Abrams. I didn't know that. Um, in it, and uh, it was it was great. So we we watched it. We started it. Uh, I don't know Friday night, Saturday, one of those two nights, really late. We're in in bed, and we have a TV in our room, so we're watching it right before bed. And Kylie is not. I'm into amazed you even started horror. it because I told you it was creepier than Stranger I know, Things. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it was so great, Margo. Oh. Creeped out Kylie is one of my favorite versions. Oh, of that's Kylie. why you did it. <laughs> I cannot tell you what kind of. I had more thrill watching her watch it than watching the actual show. I feel like she I need was to apologize so to her now. Stressed out. 
the music is playing and it's that creepy like synth like whatever and she's like oh come on even the music (laughs) oh gosh and then i'm not gonna give it away but he crawls down so they go into this like abandoned part of the prison and then, Which what gets creepier than like a high security prison? Oh, abandoned, burned down, abandoned, private, institutionally run prison. They they find this part that's not been used, but there's footsteps that show that somebody's been down there. And then he opens up this like vault and descends this ladder like twenty feet Pitch into black. the into the darkness. And Kylie's going, "There's no way he would do that. He would not do that. There's <laughs> who would do that? Nobody." That she's arguing. Well, I remember getting frustrated because he was he was down there in the abandoned part with another guard who was just this lazy dude that who just wanted. left him. And I was like, I wouldn't go anywhere by myself. No, bro, get off the bed. Let's go. Right. <laughs> so then he climbs down there and he's shining his flashlight around. Anytime where all you see is what the flashlight sees, that's uh, you know you're setting yourself up, right? <laughs> and then what does he see? A set of eyeballs down there, and Kylie literally screams, spills her water everywhere in bed at like <laughs> eleven o'clock at night. She goes, "I'm done now," <laughs> and she's like, and she just gets up and she's like, "I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done," <laughs> and walks away. It was so great. Aww, so great. I'm laughing. She's like, what? That's not funny. It's not funny. And uh, oh my gosh, you guys, it was it was the best. And then she somehow fell asleep like with like five minutes left in the episode because that's really close to the end. Yeah. Yeah. They end it with that. Like, who's down there? Yeah. Um, and so then she, the next day, you know, I'm like, hey, do you want to go back into this? And she's like, I don't know. I, I just I don't know. <laughs> mellows out for a little bit after that i will say like they like that's that is that's what kicks off the story here's how it ends actually in the first episode okay remember he's in the cell the mouse runs by and there's some video cameras of the guy in the cell do you remember this part oh yeah yeah. and all of a sudden flashes and he's not in the cell (laughs) and he's walking the hallways and there are some dead bodies everywhere right (laughs) so that's the part and then he looks up at the camera and you're like Oh, and he hits the alarm, right? And that's how the first episode ends. So she missed all that part. Okay. So then, she, so I'm telling her, "Hey, we should go. We should watch episode. Are you, are you interested?" You're, goes, you're sucked in. And she goes, "Well, how does it end?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's just in this. I'm like trying to downplay. He's yeah. just in the cell, and there's some cameras on, and they're like, you know, whatever." And then all of a sudden, they show the replay of <laughs> "Here's what you missed from Called last episode," out. and it's like super scary again right at the end and she was she's almost out i keep getting her back in somehow but i'm afraid i'm gonna lose her real soon margo <laughs> but second episode was a lot more uh like you said mellow calm well they had to they had to make the first one like the right. shocking it's the like, pilot you gotta figure out why you like it that kind of thing or like uh, what keeps you coming back to be like what's his story like yeah. why is he down there and yeah and obviously you find out that the jailer was in full knowledge of it. This is the this is. I'm just walking you through. So here's the fun part for you. You're further along than I am, right? You're caught up. Is that right? Uh, we haven't watched this last week's episode Ooh, just because okay. we got sucked into Mad Men. So. Ah, very good. Um, which is a far better choice, uh, by the way. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, the the guy who's his grandma's mom's dating is obviously involved in this somehow. Like, the 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 jailer knew about all this so it's crazy it's got so it's got some interesting stuff in it we'll see if if uh 
I will for sure continue it. I cannot guarantee that my wife will. I'll keep you updated on that. So I have someone to talk about it with. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone exactly. listening at home is like, okay, I know I'm not going to watch this. Can we move on? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, but good choice on Mad Men. That's awesome. Um, so we finished off a series on Sunday. We finished off our uh, Secular World four-part series, really the last of the summer stuff um, before we in- enter into kind of school year. School starts, guys. Like, Well, so this drops on Tuesday. Um, so school starts today. So you're probably listening to this after you like whisked your kids off to school. Crying in the car. Whatever. You're doing backflips in the car <laughs> right now. You're so excited, as are, are we. Um, now, yeah. Our, so the littles, the twins, have their first day of kindergarten on Thursday. So they go a little bit later. But yeah, riding the bus for the very first time. Eight hours at school. Pray for that bus lunch. monitor. <laughs> like Jovi takes forever eating lunch. We're like we're slightly concerned at how long this is going to take for her. They're not having a, a mom being like, Jovi, sit down, eat your bites, right? Because um, she's just going to be like fourth, fifth, and sixth period lunch is basically how Jovi treats lunch. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But we're, we're pretty excited for all the back-to-school stuff. Do you remember that as a kid? Do you remember like first day I, of school stuff? I liked that stuff. Did I you? Liked- Did you like going back? Yeah, I like shopping for school surpri- supplies. Uh, I didn't like shopping for clothes. That was never my jam. But if I could get a cool new Lisa Frank rainbow leopard folder, I was happy as could be. Do you remember the the fancy pencils? Yeah. What were they called? Do you remember? They had all different types of I know, pencils. but there was like one brand that was like really cool for a while. Fancy back to school pencils. I never got Lisa. Obviously, I know like the high quality one. ones that I still love is the Ticonderoga, the blacks. But I don't know about the. Fancy. I know they had ones that were like heat sensitive. They had ones that were like twisty on the top. I'm taking my phone out of airplane mode so that I can find these pencils for you because this is the <laughs> only thing that I remember purchasing and like thinking like the designs were were super cool and I never did like Opichi folders or anything like that. Um, but pencils were. Let's see, fancy pencils, 90s. I remember, like, eraser toppers were a big deal, too. Like, you get different animals. And then they had the ones that would, like, hug your pencil, like the monkey, stuff like that. There's all kinds of all kinds of things. One of the, fun fact about me is that I never learned to hold my pencil right, so I hold my pencil or pen really, like, I look like a cave person. Like, it looks really dumb. <laughs> like your, uh, your whole fist and around And I just it. remember so many teachers would give me this, this, like, rubber grip to put on the bottom of your pencil to show you where your fingers were supposed to go. And I just remember, even at that age, being like, why does it matter? Like, why does it matter how I hold my pencil if my letters are neat? And, like, when I hold it the way you want me to, my letters aren't neat. So, <laughs> Yikes. Yikes pencils. Do you remember it's, Yikes? It sounds familiar. Yeah, you would know them if you saw them. Here, I'll give you the picture of the logo. Because like <laughs> I, I, I looked up see. the 30 most nostalgia-inducing 90 school supplies, and Yikes was number one. That's a pencil okay, sharpener, yeah. but Yikes was the brand. Very like Nickelodeon-esque oh, looking. Oh, so much. Double Dare, yes. All of that stuff. They were probably on every channel at that yeah, point. Yeah, I enjoyed school. Did you like back to school? Uh, no, because it meant into summer, and summer's like my favorite season ever. So, no, I loved... I loved like late nights, staying up, barbecues out outdoors, everything else. I, I was not at, into uh, like sports as I am now, and so I love fall because we're coming into football season and hunting season and all that stuff. And I do like I do like like semi cooler weather. Um, and so, anyways, it, fall means more to me now as a mature adult. I say, I say mature. Who knows if that's true? 
that's a little biased, but um, than I ever did as a kid because fall was boring for me. But yeah, yeah. Apple picking and no, there's just something cozy about fall. Yeah, kid, enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, you're East Coast though too. So like I feel like East Coast fall. That's like the what they're known for. Yeah. Like the change in the oh, trees. That's and the... the one part that is awful is all the leaf peepers. They make life miserable. Right. That's the official term for people that tourists that come just to look at the leaves. Leaf peepers. And I mean, you have people this is, I don't I need to navigate this conversation very carefully. You have people from different countries that are tourists that are renting cars that don't know how to drive american style <laughs> aka the speed limit and staying within your lines and not pulling over where there's no pullover to take a picture of a red tree <laughs> yeah it's madness uh my when my husband and i went to new hampshire for our wedding we went to probably one of the most popular tourist towns up in the north and it's for a good reason it's adorable uh it's a place called north conway and even in the summer, it was like a salmon swimming upstream. And it, it hadn't been like that in the past. Normally, it's just holiday weekends. But leaf peeper season, it's like you you can't even you – can't, you can't go into town. Like it's just – it is madness. Because of leaves. Because Leaf it, peepers. Yes. The, and the mountains. I mean, it's like they're I beautiful. I think we have better foliage than Vermont personally because our mountains are bigger and more jagged and stuff like that. So Is but, this also the season in Vermont for um, – Sap for everyone thinks that maple products are maple fall products, just yeah. because like that's when a lot of restaurants roll out their things. But mapling season is actually like February March. Oh, okay. So you it. want warmer days, warmer being like forty, like over freezing, and then you want cooler nights is like the perfect. Got it. Because you want the the sap to thaw and drip down during the day, and then at night you want it to get cold so it draws it more out into like from the outside of the tree. The coldness will condense the sap and it'll and pull it out into the middle of the tree. Then in the daytime it'll melt, and so that is that's some unnecessary maple syrup well, yeah. knowledge for you. We'll, we'll save that for the spring. I went to but... like a really rural school, so we would have kids that would have everyone had taps and barrels, and so they would go around class to class with a sack and be like, "These are like, do you want some maple candy that we poured?" And like it was very it how crazy weird. is it that? It sounds very like Little House on the it Prairie. Does, yeah, <laughs> I poured this this morning after I milked the cows. I went out and milked the trees. It's pretty much, pretty much, but it's, it's a big deal. Like people will steal people, people's barrels and because it takes a lot, a lot of people think like one of those cute little metal buckets is all you need for a jug of maple syrup. No, it takes, I don't know. It's like 60 gallons of sap for one gallon of syrup or something. Really? It's, it's a really high amount. So wow. there's a lot of vandalism. Like there's a lot of bad blood out in the woods of people going in and trashing people's barrel. Like <laughs> sap gangs. Yes. Yeah, sabotage. Oh, oh. <laughs> got it. All right. So yeah, that's, that's my back to school. Uh, two cents. <laughs> it was serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serious. Yeah, so uh, we should probably get into that. It's 22 minutes in. Uh, <laughs> End uh, of the series, which is always fun. It always leads to, towards communion. And the message obviously went point, pointing towards that. Uh, very much a, hey, just realize that everybody has a take on... I mean, the, the point of it, the, there's two big big points. Everybody has a take on it, whether it's an open world idea of like there is a transcendent God or closed world, all you have is the here and now. Always a take. And that we should be talking about um, not the existence of the takes, but their definition of what fullness looks like, or what the end goal of it. What's the what's the target? What the, the term that like uh, philosophers use is the, the telos or the end product. What's the end goal? Um, and we should compare those two things and see how they work out. And uh, 
and use that as kind of a barometer for viability or success or acceptability or whatever. I think that's great because when you look at like religions like Hinduism or something, you can just be like, these are weird. Like, I don't know. They believe in a lot of different gods and they don't eat cows. <laughs> like that's like we get stuck yeah. there in terms of discussion or, or thinking about it instead of being like, well, what is the ultimate goal of like people that practice? Like, cause there has to be an ultimate goal. Yeah. If it's just a, a system of rules, then that's not going to, it's not going to last. Yeah. Like there has to, like, just like when you're a kid, um, systems or rules aren't very in, appealing to you. And eventually it comes a point of you ask, but why, like, why am I living my life according to A, B and C? And if the, the why isn't good enough, you're going to push back. So like when we look at other people's stances on, Religion, no religion. Uh, I think it's really, imp- like you said, to not get stuck, get caught up in in the semantics of it, but instead try to understand. Yeah, and the telos of uh, exclusive humanism or the angle of exclusive humanism in that way is to just be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be, because that's all you have, and uh, and try and make the best of of uh, of the opportunities and the life that you've been given, and be true to yourself the entire way, and which is all like I I hope I didn't come off as like downplaying that advice, like because I know that. The, the end goal of Christianity is uh, different in that way. It's very much um, based on, listen, there's some stuff inside of you. Th- th- there's a huge problem in, in internally as opposed to just an external problems uh, that you constantly like need to work on. external problems cannot be solved until internal change happens. Yes, yes. And like greed and poverty and all these things parts of have you, a human root. Like you yourself uh, are... Like, yeah, you're depraved doesn't look good on an Instagram post, you know, or like, um, stop being selfish or, or it's, it's probably more reflective of reality, but you do you looks so much better on Instagram and you're beautiful and don't ever forget it, which is true. Like the problem that we have contradict stuff like that because it says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Like we need to hear that. We need to stop using or. Uh, perhaps one of the reasons we've like the pendulum has swung the other way on that and, and to be like this whole you're you and don't let anybody else tell you that that you can't be the thing that you want to be is because it's been like it's been used as like a bully tool the the uh the uh more like hey you're full of pride there's something wrong with you you're depraved you know that kind of thing and that's been like a thing that you just get harped on every single day so i come to church i feel bad about myself i feel I've been made to feel guilty so that I can participate in confession and then I go off and do my own thing, right? Um, if that's all you hear every single time, then yes, I get it. I, I understand why you would be like, why would I put myself in an environment where I just get told how horrible I am every single week? I, I, I prefer this. I'm really, really good every week. But, that, but then if you really think about it after a while, um, I think that when you've been in that thing where it's like everybody's just telling me how good I am all the time, I think there's a reason we liked Simon Cowell as an American Idol judge is because he was willing to say sometimes your family and friends think you can sing, but uh... not very good. You know what I mean? And then you've got like Heidi Klum or whoever else is doing these judges going so great. You're like beautiful. Like all these other things. I don't want to talk about your singing, uh... but like your outfit looks amazing and your smile is fantastic and your energy is so great. Well, have you noticed you they... sound terrible and I can't put you through to the next round, right? Simon was willing to be like, sorry, it's not, not that great. Yeah. So then when he said, wow, you're actually really good, everybody was like, okay, yeah, 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 he, they're really good. If Simon thinks they're good, then they're good. I think the one of the things that we loved about Simon was, was his honesty. His honesty and 
his ability to call a spade a spade and and really be like when it's not good it's not good even though people would boo him they'd be like boo but every i think a majority of the people who actually are enjoying this show are going yeah i think you're right like i don't know you have a more trained voice than i do i thought maybe she sounded okay uh, or sounded good but like i'm trusting the fact that you're a music producer and can hear small fluctuations. Like he'd be like, you went off pitch in this part. And I'd be like, I don't know. Well, I guess. So I'm submitting, even when I agree with him, I'm submitting to his authority, which is what we're anti about, right? We don't want anybody to tell us it's, it's up to you. What do you think sounds good? You should just go with that. Well, listen, I'm not a, I don't do this professionally. I'm just watching the show because there's nothing else on right now. So, uh, I think that that's kind of a big I like a social experiment to try and talk about what we talked about on Sunday, which actually makes really good sense. I wish I would have thought of this on Saturday night to be able to talk about it on Sunday. But but it's true when when that didn't. when you are entirely in control of uh, on the cosmic scale of am I a good person or not, and that's totally up to your judgment and totally up to your perception. I think you really do put yourself at a disadvantage just for the sole fact that like everyone does have blind spots and like. You can still love yourself and still want to improve areas of your life and still recognize that there's parts of you that just aren't strong and just need some work and just really need to to be kicked out of your life. Like if you love your children, like a, a parent loves their child like nothing else, I'm assuming. Like I, you know, projecting obviously. Um, but like if your kid is maybe rude or something like that, don't you want them to not have that be a part of who they are because you're like, you're so much more than these these things that are within you so i want you to recognize that you're being rude or disrespectful or you know all these things so that you can be the full person that i want you to be and that's exactly the way that christianity is that's what christianity is trying to communicate to us and unfortunately it does get miscommunicated as you know, you're evil or you're bad or you're all these and, things. And who wants a person who always thinks, oh, I'm just horrible. I'm just a really bad person. Like, woe is me. Woe is me. Like, that's not the goal. Like, that's not what we want. Um, I, I I can see why you would prefer somebody to be uber optimistic as opposed to uber pessimistic in terms of self-worth. I, obviously, yes. I want you to think that you're something more than I want you to think that you're nothing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but... What I really want is somebody with the authority to be able to call a spade, you know, a spade or this, that, and the other thing and have them look at me and be like, it's not good. It needs work on this area, but I'm like being constructive in my criticism. And then also the validity of when you call it good for me to be like, I don't think that you're saying that because you want me to feel good about myself. I really genuinely think that you think that I'm good. Therefore that has extreme value. Now, all of a sudden I'm like, that's the best of all of everything yeah if someone only gives you positive a positive critique then it starts to not mean as much yeah so then it comes down to do they have the authority not like uh legal authority i'm just saying like i'm giving you the influential authority like you have influence over me in this way to be able to tell me what it is and i take what you your opinion is high more highly than everybody else right um and that's that's basically what it comes down to in this way so anyways um, a really interesting series, far more um, uh, academic and like um, like not Bible based, like book based than I usually do. I mean, it felt like a book reporter almost at, at times, um, but it was uh, 
like it's really good principle stuff. I'm glad to be out of it because I'm. <laughs> it's just a lot of work. I'm excited to be a little bit more like, hey, here's some interesting scriptures and takes, and, and just kind of back to a more traditional series. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's good. I like the series. Uh, if you missed any of it or or want to go back and listen to it, um, eastlectricity.com/talks is where you can go. If you want a book that I pulled a bunch of information on how to be how not to be secular by James K. A. Smith is great. I I. I'll tell you that the the main book was uh, A Secular Age by Charles Taylor, but that's just, it's 600 pages and it's like 60 bucks on Amazon. So you don't want to, don't do that. Don't do that. Buy the $10 paperback, small, easier to read and go with that if if you're interested in next steps beyond that. But I'm really excited because we're doing another series here next, uh, one on social justice called Flipping Tables. Margo's going to be doing one of the weeks with me. Um, I think it's going to be either three or four weeks. We're still trying to work on the timeline of it, but um, should be a fun kind of look into some of that stuff. And, and there's an Old Testament prophet named Amos who had some interesting thoughts on what social justice look would you know was was the hope of Israel for a long time while they were in captivity in Babylon. Um, and uh, I, we didn't title it the Book of Amos because nobody wants to hear that. Um, everybody's. I, did you see people shifting their seats when we talked about social justice on Sunday? I was like, hey, next next year it's social justice. Ooh, like yeah, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm excited. Push the little buttons and have a little fun with it. So. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully you can make it out for some of those some of those talks. And football season starts, so that's awesome. Margo shakes her head. Come on now, Margo. This is exciting. Exciting times are ahead. We are so, doing an NFL weekly pick'em challenge. Like I'm not going to invite you to a fantasy football league um, because that's too much. Like it's it's every week and it's doing this. But there is going to be a very very general. All you have to do is here's two teams that are playing. Who's going to win? Uh, super simple. Take the points. Do that. You know you could. Go to any of the Vegas sites and figure out which one are odds to win or whatever, or just be like, I just think this team has better mascot. I'm going to go with this team. That's fine. <laughs> uh, weekly Pick'em Challenge, uh, you'll see an invite uh, in the weekly this week, and we'll try and do some in the show notes as well if you want to join us. I might even be able to talk Margo into it. We'll see. We'll see if she wants to. <laughs> That'll be the along. real accomplishment of the week. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's when I know I've been a productive part of my week if that happens so all right we need probably need to move into our say something interesting uh so margo what's something that you found interesting uh whether you read it saw it uh, experienced it whatever uh well uh i meant to bring this up last week and then instead probably poorly recommended castle rock (laughs) not poorly this is one that is definitely a far more educational far more refined i feel like you know a pat on the back for for me throwing throwing this hat into the ring uh which is a movie called loving vincent uh, really cool. It was actually a Kickstarter campaign that they turned into a movie. It's about um, Vincent Van Gogh, or Van Gogh, depending on your country of origin. Really? Yeah. So didn't know that. So uh, it's a, but it's not like when I saw it, I thought it was like, oh, it's just a biography about his life. But really, it's actually, um, it's about people in his town that knew him, and then one of the sons gets charged by his father, who was a close friend of the painter to deliver one of his final letters uh to his brother and his family and so he goes and he's unable to deliver the the letter for several reasons then he ends up in the last village in france that vincent van gogh was staying in when you know he ultimately took his life (laughs) it's not super depressing it's really not uh and so he ends up like talking to the townspeople and getting to know him so there's flashbacks of like vincent going about his work but the thing that's really so it it takes real real events like this is real facts that they've pulled and kind of starts to ask the question like did like this is going to sound like a murder mystery but like did was it actually suicide was it an accident was it you know someone that didn't like him because in my head i always just 
heard that he killed himself. I didn't know that there was different sides of the story. Um, but what makes the movie truly remarkable is it's the only feature-length film that has every single scene is painted. So much like an animator would like draw like slide by slide, they had over a, a team of over a hundred painters that would they would film the scene and then they would go and break it down second by second and paint each scene in the style of Vincent Van Gogh. So it's this beautiful, like it really is stunning, a moving painting that is like talking about his life. And it's they pull in some of his favorite paintings as scenes in the story. Like guys just walking past and like, oh, that's a painting. I know that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. A lot that. of outdoor starry night scenes. Uh, Starry Night was wasn't as featured as the other ones. I think they were really? trying to be like that's a, the one that people know, so right. they're trying to like give more yeah. applause to some of his other works. Um, there is there was one actress I for sure recognized in it, and it's the one I can never say her name. She is Irish. There Rose, Sarag, Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not Sarag. That'd be a terrible. It's name. one of those. It's one of those Irish names where the letters are definitely not yeah. what you think they are. But she she's in the new Queen Elizabeth and Queen Mary movie. She's I remember in that, you looked this up when in, we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And we figured out the pronunciation. I've yeah. already forgotten it. Yeah. She's in the movie Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. It's I say it's worth it. Like especially like we just poured a glass of wine and watched this, and it was just Netflix, Hulu. What is it? I think it is on Netflix. I actually ended. I bought it before it. Oh, was that's on, right. You said that. Yeah. But I believe it is also on Netflix. But just worth checking out, even just to watch it for a couple of minutes, just because it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's and it was interesting. Finding I learned Vincent. Loving Vincent. That's how he would sign his letters. So Got that's it. the title. Loving of Vincent. Very loving good. Vin- like you're loving Vincent. All right. My something interesting this week is a game that actually London found the other day while we were at uh, Target. She, Old Star London. Yeah. She looked at it and said, this box looks cool, Dad. And I looked at the game and I was like, the game actually sounds cool. And we didn't buy it that day. She went back the next day with her auntie, Canberra, and purchased the game for mom and dad. With for, her own money. With her own money. With that's her own money. So nice. The game's called The Chameleon. Uh, and basically how the game works is that uh, these there's like cards issued out to a bunch of different players. One of them is the chameleon and the other one all have the same set of codes. Um, so, but you don't know who the chameleon is. You roll the dice and the dice reflect on the code. Then the code uh, is used to figure out which word. There's a, a card with a bunch of words on it with the same theme on it. So it'd be like board games uh, and then 20 different board games. Everybody else knows what the actual game we're trying to name is, but the chameleon doesn't. Uh, but has to look like he does, right? You don't want to be identified as a chameleon. Then you start by going around the circle saying one word that is associated with that game so that everybody else knows, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're the chameleon. I think you know it. And the chameleon has to say a word Oh, as no, if well. they have to, do they have to go first or well, you no, never know? You never know. You're never oh, sure. Man. When you have to go first, is uh, I mean, it's really that's hard. That's stressful. When you have to go last, though, you can kind of like be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So... Um, so the other the other night we played it last night with my, my parents uh, and it was board games I'll just use that as category and my dad got it he was the chameleon we didn't know it we had eight people playing the game and he was third in line and so uh, one of them said cheese uh, one of them said engineering and then for board games yeah oh sorry the game the game was mousetrap oh, mousetrap okay. was the game. Uh, and so you say cheese, which you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like if you, but if you're the chameleon, you have no idea. Like, like cheese, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then engineering, you're like, oh my gosh. So my dad goes strategy, and then it goes on and on. And at the very end, you're like, is there really any strategy to mousetrap? Isn't it like you roll a <laughs> dice? 
right? So we all pointed out to him, okay, we think you're the chameleon. You were trying to make it work. And obviously he was like, yes, I am. And then he has to then, he gets to take all the key clues and try and guess the game based on the clues. So even if he's outed as the chameleon, he still has a chance to score points if he can be yeah. like, all right, I put the pieces together and I think it's this. Um, it's harder than it sounds, especially once you've played it a few times and you can start, you know, like not giving it away because you don't want your clues to be so easy. One of them was like U.S. states and Hawaii was one of them. And somebody goes, coconuts, right? And you're like, how many U.S. states have coconuts, right? It's either Florida or or Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. so you have to be like something different other than that. So you do like flowers, which could go for a lot of different states. Uh, But... All it's so fun because in like when you know the answer, it feels very obvious, and when you don't know the answer, it feels very obscure and yeah. super fun game. Great little party game. Um, so we've only played it once, but uh, we enjoyed it. So next time you're at our house and uh, we do party games, it's probably going to be the chameleon, and you'll have a great time mm-hmm. doing it. So. <laughs> Hey, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy week. And whether you're driving or working out or just making special time to be with us, we love it. Uh, We're always thankful for people who listen. And uh, we hope you can join us for our new series starting. I don't know if it's going to start this week. I think I'm going to do something different this week. State of the church. Yeah, like I say, the church, like get ready for fall type thing. Here's where we're at. Make sure we're on the same page. Keep, uh, Keep East like weird. Uh, and then move into uh, the following week to the series. I think that's what I'm going for. But anyways, either way, we'd love to have you be a part of it or follow along anytime at eastlaketricities.com slash talks. That'll do it for us. My name's Brent. Margo. That's Margo. <laughs> Connect with us on Instagram, social media, whatever. Tell us hi. Tell us what's you uh, something you found interesting, and uh, perhaps we'll share it or check it out ourselves. Have a great week, guys. See ya.